Welcome to the Kaleo Orlando podcast. I'm your host, Logan Bonjean, and I'm sitting down with my man, Sean Vollendorf. Sean, what's up? What? 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 What's what, up, what, bud? What's up? Man, appreciate you sitting down with me. The other night, you gave us a talk here, Kaleo Orlando, on going all in for Jesus. And I don't know about everybody else in the room, but it fired me up. Man, I, I wanted to sit down with you and, and probe your mind a little bit more just on, on examples of maybe maybe people that you've seen in your life that have gone all in, maybe some other reasons as to why maybe you think people don't go all in, just putting some more meat on the bone of, of this idea of man going all in for Jesus, not just this summer at Kaleo, but beyond into the school year, into the rest of college and into the rest of life. So Sean, let's start with, let's start with this. Why do you think people don't go all in for Jesus? Why do you think people kind of have one foot in, one foot out, dip their toes in the water, but don't ever jump all the way in. What are some reasons that you think people don't go all in? Yeah, there are a lot of reasons for that, Logan, but I'll give you the first that comes to mind, which is this. We don't have a sense of urgency. And the reason for that is we don't realize how dangerous complacency is. Hmm. We think complacent, the complacent road or the complacent path is actually the safe path. One of my many flaws is I stay up late at night watching YouTube videos. and You love YouTube. I love YouTube, man. I'm a huge fan. One of the channels I follow basically analyzes plane crashes, fatal plane crashes that have happened. Why did they happen? How did they happen? Could they have been avoided? Was it uh, human error? Was it mechanical failure? And I was watching one the other night, and essentially there was an airline that was having more than its share of planes, you know, birds falling out of the sky. That freaks me out. <laughs> Actually, the more of them I watch, the better I feel. I really? mean, it's an unbelievable safety record in the history of American aviation, not general aviation, small planes, but yeah. the big planes, commercial aviation. There's been one death in the last 20 years. What? And zero crashes. That was a woman who flew out a window. Okay. When, when a window, I feel better. Yeah, you should feel better. She only flew out and was hammered against the side of the airplane. And <laughs> no, that part doesn't make me feel it better. Was, the statistics make me feel better. It's terrifying and, and super sad that that happened to her. But man, one death in, in the last 20 years in American, American uh, commercial aviation. Wow. That said, a lot of deaths in the smaller planes, general aviation. And uh, this was back, actually back in the 90s in commercial aviation. And they studied this airline and said, why are they having so many crashes? And essentially what they realized is that, and this is the word they used, complacency had made its way into the culture of the engineering department and the maintenance department. Mm. And so basically, and, and mainly the maintenance department. And so you had these airline mechanics who were letting small things slide. Use this size screw. Oh, I don't have that size screw. I don't want to wait and order that one because then the airplane can't get back in the air and we're losing money. So- mm. I'll go put this other one in that's really, really close and it's and it's convenient. I have it. Yeah. It's right here in this box in front of me. It's really, really close. And it'll make the the um, for example, the windshield of the cockpit, it, I can screw the the um pane back in and it'll make it stay. But dude, one of these crashes happened. Actually, it wasn't a crash. This is the craziest story in the world. The pot, one of the uh, screws came out of the very windshield pane that I just mentioned, and that piece popped off during flight. 
going like how many miles an hour? Going 450 miles an hour. And so now the pressure sucks the pilot out halfway. And so actually the the co-captain grabbed his feet. And and so there's three guys in the cockpit. One guy's flying the plane. This sounds fake. Like this happened. Dude, it's unbelievable. The other guy grabs his feet and holds on for like 45 minutes uh-uh. while they try to land at a certain place. The guy basically dies up there. It's so yeah. cold and he can't breathe. He dies. They land the plane and you find out at the very end, they interview all three guys. The guy actually didn't die. How? <laughs> I have no idea. But dude, he, he is face first outside against the outside of the cockpit in a commercial aircraft for like 40 minutes while they fly through the air. That's insane. It's unbelievable. And crazy, terrible things were happening repeatedly with this airline because they got in the, in the mechanical area where the mechanics were, they got complacent. And here's the line all of this is building up to. They said this, complacency is always 100% obvious in retrospect. Mm. Complacency is always 100% obvious in retrospect. Our coaches used to say to us in high school sports, leave everything on the field. Dude, it took me to like sophomore year of college to know what that meant. <laughs> I never had the courage to raise my hand and go, what do you even mean? Leave everything what? on the field. What are you talking about? What what they mean is play in such a way that you leave that you do not bring energy back off of the field. Play in such a way that you give your all, that you don't, after the game, regret being complacent. Mm-hmm. That you don't regret not giving 110% for the entire game. How much more so will the Christian who reaches age 80, your guy's generation is going to live to 100. That's another YouTube Yeah, we channel. got like cryo chambers and I stuff I fully believe that a large percentage of, of, of guys who are 15 now We'll live to a hundred, no trouble. So, man, do that financial investing. You're going to need money when you're a hundred. Um, <laughs> Mike, that's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> that's a whole nother podcast, man. I'm getting scatterbrained. Uh, but can you imagine living to a hundred, and you're on your deathbed, and you're going, "I didn't go all in with the Lord. I went after this. I went after that. I went after riches. I went after whatever." I wasted my life. I wasted my life because I Mm. did everything except for that thing, which is most important. Now, shrink that 70 years into 70 days, which is Kaleo. Yeah. Kaleo is 63 days. This summer is going to be a snap. It's going to be a mist. It's going to be a breath. This is my fourth Kaleo. It flies by. It flies. Literally every day matters. Every single day matters. Can you imagine getting to the end of the 63 days and going, man, I didn't bring it. I wasted my summer. I'm more tan. I have more money. I have more friends. I'm no closer to God. I didn't go all in or I'm a little bit. I dabbled. As I said in the talk the other night, equally as bad as bringing God your worst is bringing him your second best. Mm, Yeah. Coming in with the 95% effort. Yeah, that gets it done in society. That gets it ju- done in school. That gets it done for your parents and for every uh, everything else. But God says, I see your heart. I see your motives. Don't be complacent. Have a sense of urgency. Bring me your absolute best. That's why I chose to talk about Malachi 1 the other night, because the Hebrews in the days of Malachi 
We're bringing God those sickly sacrifices, mm-hmm. those three-legged lambs, the disease. Would you call them tripod? Tray. <laughs> so <bad. laughs> or tripod. They're bringing God something that's not a sacrifice. If it doesn't cost you, it's not a sacrifice at all. Mm. Why are we doing this pod? Because it would be very easy for someone to hear that message last Friday night to think, yeah, that that's challenging, that's inspiring, that's encouraging. I needed to hear the words of God through Malachi 1 and then to just put it in the rearview mirror and go, wow, who cares? Yeah. Complacency is always seen best in retrospect. So what I want to encourage you guys to do is to right now go, man, where am I complacent? Do a self-evaluation. Are you complacent with your prayer life? Are you complacent in your life of service? Are you serving your roommates wholeheartedly? Or are you not doing it at all? Or are you just getting by? Are you looking to share at work? Are you looking to get into spiritual conversations? Are you looking to go all in? Hmm. I love that. Sean, this is a quick podcast, a quick hitter, meant to encourage and put some meat on the bone from your talk the other night. I want you to wrap us up by telling me your favorite story of someone that you've seen go all in for Jesus. Fire, fire me up with an awesome story. I'm going to tell you a story about a guy who I cannot relate to because he's so different from me in so many ways, was not a college guy. This is a guy who is older than me. He's passed away now. His name was Steve. Mm. During the summers when I would be back home for a couple of weeks before and after Kaleo, back in Frisco, Colorado, there was a tax yep. God attorney. God bless Frisco. God bless the mountains. There was a tax attorney named Steve Gurko. Steve was a Jew. He was not a believer in Jesus. He did not read the Bible like many Jews don't. He was exceedingly rich, very successful, a womanizer, not married, and basically lived for one thing and one thing only, self. Hmm. Steve wandered into a church one day, heard the teaching of the Bible, said, I'm going to try that for a year. And he started what he called conscious hypocrisy. He said, I am going to actually do what Jesus says in the Bible. I'm going to come to church. I'm going to worship. I'm going to read the words of Jesus. And whatever Jesus says to do, I'm going to do. If he says, do good to your enemies, I'm going to do good to my enemies. And he would do that. He wrote checks to his competitors, (laughs) and especially the ones he didn't like. He would send them gift cards. He would send them Christmas uh, blessings, you know, a turkey or a ham or something like that, especially the ones he didn't like because Jesus said, don't just pray for your enemies, love your enemies and do good to those. That just makes me immediately think of Paul's words when he says that the wisdom of God is straight up foolishness to the world. Like that seems to the, from a world's perspective, like foolishness. Absolute idiocy from the outside looking in to the one experiencing it, his heart brimmed with joy. Mm. He began a one-year transformation, and at the end of that year, he believed in Jesus Christ. He believed the gospel that Christ died for his sins, and he lived a Christian life like none I'd ever seen. Steve lived in a town um, that was very wealthy, and he saw where Jesus told the rich young ruler, go and sell everything you have, give your possessions to the poor, then come follow me. And Steve essentially did that. He kept a small home in Frisco. But he started giving his money away in large sums. He gave his car away. He started using public transportation. The Summit Stage is the local bus transportation there. And there'd be Steve sitting on the bus. And really the only other people using the bus, especially in the summers, were these really migrant workers. 
And so the first people he got around were, were a bunch of Latinos who were the maids, uh, at some of the different resorts in the area. And he didn't speak Spanish and he realized I want to share the gospel with these people, but they don't speak very good English. And so Steve learned Spanish, started leading some of these people to Christ and then planted a Spanish speaking church where at first he was the pastor. And this is about five years into his walk with God. This guy's a legend, man. Three years later, he's eating at a Chinese restaurant and he tried to share the gospel. He went back to the bathroom and saw the cook standing there and he tried to share the gospel with the cook and realized this cook doesn't speak good enough English for me to share the gospel with him. So he started a five-year process of learning Mandarin so that he could share the gospel with the Chinese people in his county. And after he learned Mandarin, he started a Chinese-speaking church in his community where at first he was the pastor. And passed it on. What the heck? That's insane. That is not insane yet, because after that, he met a bunch of Russians. No way. There were also Russian maids, and he started a Russian-speaking church after learning Russian. The guy was an Are absolute mind. I'm dead serious. <laughs> the guy was an absolute... Is that what it looks like to go all in? Yes. Is that the only way to go all in? No. No, that's a pretty high bar, but... Unbelievable. You talk about a guy using, it says in Second uh, Peter, First Peter, each one you should use whatever gift he has received to serve others. You talk about this guy used his mind to serve others with, with every breath of his life once he started following Christ. Mm -hmm. When all was said and done, he gave millions of dollars away. He gave all of his time away. He gave his cars away. Yeah. He learned languages so that other people could have a relationship with Christ. His life absolutely set the bar for me in terms of what it means to go all in. Anything short of that, I feel like a loser. You know, I feel like I, I can never live up to that, right? And so it'll look different for each of us, but his life serves as a, as a challenge to me of what can be done when you fully go all in. Talk about setting the pace. Man, that makes me want to run hard for Jesus. Absolutely. 